Hello and thank you for joining this live video. So if you're watching this back after, there may be a few pauses maybe while I read what people are commenting. Um, so that's a little explanation up front. Um, so I'm going to wait and see if a few people join me, but essentially this little chat on a very warm day, <laughs> lunchtime, was to talk about fixing the root of the problem when it comes to, in fact, everything, not just eating. Um, and the reason why this came to mind was because I was talking to a client yesterday on the phone who, who was asking about how to approach certain eating issues. And in fact, she said to me, so actually, hi. So actually, um, she said, oh, so it's, so it's really very much about fixing the root of the problem and not just the cause. And of course it is. So mindful eating and my whole practice and mine and other people's practice is all about saying, well, why have you got the challenges that you have with food? And actually, let's take the focus off for the moment what you're eating and let's look at how you're eating and let's look at what's going on in your head and in your body to actually drive that need to to eat. And so the analogy that she came up with, which I thought was really lovely, was was this idea of making sure that the earth, the ground, is the best that it can possibly be so that what grows is the best kind of plant that you want to be. So otherwise, if you don't do that, if you keep planting flowers, you keep planting seeds and the ground is not good enough, your plants are not going to thrive and you might keep getting, getting the weeds coming back. And those were her words, not mine. Keep getting the weeds coming back. And the analogy, of course, is that is that the weeds is this this cycle of repeated behaviour around how you are eating. And so what we really need to do is to look at what the cause is and to break down all the, all the triggers. And those triggers could be quite varied. For a lot of people, they are emotional drivers. And as part of the clinic practice, I work with people to really analyse what it is that they're feeling at that particular moment when they reach for food. How, how that food and, and is going to satisfy them at that particular moment. So what choice of food they actually make and how that might be linked to the emotion. And then we also look at things like circumstances during the day. So whether life has got in the way and you haven't been able to eat regularly. Maybe you haven't made eating a priority. And then for that kind of symptom, we would again go back to the root cause and we'll say, well, how can we make the day structured in a way that actually eating properly and look after, look, looking after yourself with nourishing food becomes as much of a priority as the other things? And sometimes that root cause is because people don't have a strong enough sense of worth and self-value and don't 
look after themselves well enough or don't put themselves above the importance of other people or maybe other things that they are doing. And so their self-care around food and around eating gets pushed to the bottom of the list. So sometimes dealing with that root cause is about working with people to to try and get back some of that that feeling of of worth and that you are important enough to be able to take the time to put yourself first to look after yourself first and that's not to say that other people or other things get pushed aside but we have to look at a way of balancing it and then what we find is that having worked on say the emotional drivers having worked on the circumstantial stuff that actually the eating pattern begins to improve without even really thinking about the food at that stage and then when we've got the eating behaviors in a better place then we would say okay great so we've got a better rhythm I did a post the other day on Instagram and Facebook about the rhythm of life and how important that is to that whole eating behavior thing so once we've got all that sorted out and then and probably only then would we have a look at the kind of food that we are eating um, and I think that the only exception to that would be that sometimes overeating for people is triggered by particular foods and particular tastes so sometimes whilst I'm absolutely not about restriction at all we do have to be a little bit mindful and sensible that if a particular food is causing a regular habitual issue then we might say okay well can we just try and phase it out or can we replace it with something or can we change the circumstances around which we eat that food so that we give ourselves a better chance. So if I talk about my own experience just by way of illustration, my absolute devil, um, devil food, although I love it, and food is not good or bad, sorry, I shouldn't have said that, um, is Doritos, a bag of Doritos. My goodness, the bigger the bag, the better, you know, absolutely wonderful. And so when I was starting to treat myself in the early days, I decided to give myself a bit of a chance and say, okay, let's put those to one side and 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 try and work with getting rid of some of those triggers so that I so that I gave myself the best chance. And that was okay actually. And then I reintroduced them slowly. And now I can eat one of those small bags. Well, they call them the grab bags, don't they? I don't think they're the smallest one. I think they're the next size up. I can eat one of those and love it and not feel guilty and not want to eat another big you know, family bag like I might have done before. So, so the trigger food thing is perhaps the only exception to that, to that principle. Um, so once we've done that, and then we, then we would look at what we're eating and say, well, now we've got a bit of bit more of a routine and we've got an, an increased self-respect and a better, better management of those emotions where we're maybe not turning to food straight away. Only then would we perhaps look at the food. So the point about all of this, about this going to the root of the problem first before you even think about what it is that you should or shouldn't be eating 
is that this is the antithesis, the complete opposite of a lot of diet regimes. Where there will be a plan, there will be counting, there will be rules and regulations about how much or what you should be eating. And that would be day one. You know, we've all been there with our new little notebooks and we start writing things down. And we've got all that energy around it. But it is throwing those seeds and planting those plants into ground which is not prepared, in which they are not going to grow. They might be okay for a while, particularly if you plant a little seedling, and that's my connection, my analogy with the, maybe the first few weeks of being on a diet. You plant it and it's, it's still got its own energy, hasn't it? And it's probably still in its own little bit of compost. And then as it grows, it's going to spread out its roots. But that ground is really not fertile. Maybe it's dry. Maybe it's very rough soil. Maybe it's full of stones. And so that little plant is not going to be able to, to grow. So the best thing is not to try and plant it in the first place. To not go on a diet in the first place. To not restrict. To not tell yourself that you can or can't eat certain foods until you've done the groundwork on what the root of the problem is. And then that way, when you do start to make some changes around how you eat, perhaps a new framework, which is going to be as, as least restrictive as possible, but it's still going to be a framework because it's going to be a framework based on nourishing yourself rather than eating less food in order to lose weight. That's the thing. So then when you do start that, all that ground work, I love this, it's really connecting very well, I'm quite pleased. So all this groundwork is really going to help and and then that change of behaviour moving forward has got absolutely all the best ground, all the best soil, all the best root in order to, to grow. And from then on, that plant grows forever. So I'm imagining it's, what could it be? Perpetual spinach. So perpetual spinach goes on forever and you can harvest it and have it for supper, you know, and then it comes back the next day. So your, your new eating framework that you're going to establish for yourself is never going to die. It's just always going to be there. But like a plant, it's allowed to go through little phases. It's allowed to have an off day and it's still growing. It hasn't died. You don't have to start again. You don't have to plant another seed. It's growing all the time. So it's a continuous growth because that soil and that groundwork is the best possible quality that it can be. So I got a few people on. Does anybody want me to want to ask me any question or make a comment about about that? Just while I'm on. I'm waving at you. I can see you. Thank you so much. Got a few ladies on there. Any comments? Does that make sense? That makes sense, that idea. Well, I hope those of you who are on board listening, I hope things are going well. And you know that you can get in touch with me. I'm quite happy to have a little informal chat with anyone. 
lots of resources through the clinic and uh, please uh, subscribe to my new YouTube channel. That would be really great because I'm going to start posting lots more videos and just try and give a few nuggets of, of help to people. Um, and so if you want to know more, get in touch. If you want any help at all, get in touch. And uh, I wish you a very, very happy day. Bye.